This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And, you know, it's maybe the middle of summer, but the news just doesn't stop. There's always something going on. You know, we talk about this every week, Shane. We think that there's nothing to talk about in the middle of summer. We're worried about, we're planning, what should we do? And then conference realignment happens. So... This gives us plenty of fodder for weeks to come. I remember my time at ABC 15, whenever we said, oh, this looks like it's going to be a pretty slow day. Mm-hmm. Always the kiss of death, right? Uh, always yeah. plenty to talk about. So in that regard, we thank UCLA and USC for jumping ship and creating an inevitable uh, domino effect throughout all of college sports. But we got another expert on the show today. We're very excited to talk to him. And uh, it's we, we've got a great... I'll tell you, Eric, and I tell you this privately as well. We've got a great Rolodex of, of experts we've talked to in, in ter- for this and this, you know, in terms of football and basketball, and now this the the overview of, of conference realignment that seems inevitable at this point. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Corey Left gave us some great info. Check him out uh, at Howie Long Short on Twitter. He is uh, the he is John Wall Street on the Sportico platform. Got a lot this of names, that guy. A lot, of, a lot of names. Yes, uh, with with sports uh, kind of references to him. If you get that. Yeah. And uh, and our guest this week is pretty uh, pretty well known among West Coast Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever you want to call it, uh, pundits and fans. It's John Canzano. He is a, uh, a a radio host up in Oregon who also has his own website, JohnCanzano.com, and he has been breaking a lot of news and/or stories about this whole realignment with the Pac-12 and will they or won't they stay together. So uh, we're looking forward to talking with John. He's going to give us some good intel. Maybe we'll find out who those sources are that he has that people question. Is it, uh, I don't know if I really have the stones to ask him that, Shane, but I'm kind of curious. You know, he he's always talks about having these sources. Is it Oregon State's AD? Is it Oregon? I mean, it's it'll be interesting to, to hear from John. But uh, big time show with uh, with John on here. And hopefully he can answer some questions. But first, Shane, let's get to our number one segment, and that is Buy or Sell. And that is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Check out iceshaker.com if you're watching the video. Shane is drinking out of his right now. You can get one of your own Wildcat Country Ice Shakers by going to iceshaker.com, typing in Wildcat Country in the search, and you can get $5 off by using promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C. Pretty simple, I have to, right? I, I, and I have to tell you, Eric, I, I, uh, I'm currently enjoying a, a lovely Arnold Palmer out of mm. this. And mm. uh, I put the ice in and this beverage in about, about four or five hours ago. And it's still nice and cold. And maybe you still hear the ice there, Rattle? So. It is, it is a really a fantastic thing. And we, it, we keep promising to bring on Chris Gronkowski. You know, now that his brother seems to be fully retired, yeah. As we found out at an ice shaker event this week where Rob was speaking. We need to get Rob a Wildcat Country ice shaker, don't we? Yeah, we do. And and we could have him record a uh, little infomercial, as you said, like Scooby Wright did. So, uh, all right, number one, I want to talk about realignment uh, in by yourself for the majority of it. And okay. uh, the first question is, Shane, Arizona must, must make the jump to the Big 12 very soon, or it could be detrimental to them in the long term. Do you buy or sell that statement? Well, 
I, I'm going to sell it mostly because of what our guest Corey left, aka John Wall Street, aka Howie Longshore, told us last week is that it might not make sense long term to do that. And in, in fact, and we're going to ask John Canzano about this, it might make more sense to try to lure the Big 12 schools over to the pack. So, uh, it and something that John Canzano wrote, and I'm sure he's going to talk about, is that it seems like the, the 10 remaining Pac 12, Pac 10, whatever teams, by the way, I think it's just call themselves the pack. Going forward, yeah, I'm just gonna throw yeah, I wouldn't. I don't put a number on it. Don't, right? yeah, I'm don't, with you. Just, yeah, just, I'm just with like you. we see what happened with the Big Twelve and the Big yeah. Ten. Just don't just yep. leave the numbers out of it. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think that they're they're not in a great position. They lost uh, you know, two of their their biggest schools, and I mean two biggest probably in terms of revenue, TV revenue. But I think they're still in pretty decent shape. If the rest of the ten schools are pretty well aligned, and it kind of sounds like they are. Which two weeks ago I would not have guessed. I assume I think most people did the Pac-12 is history. I think the Pac-12 might even be still in a better position than the Big 12 is, which is about to lose Texas and OU. So, no, I don't think they must do it. I think – could you look back and, and regret it in a year or two? Sure, but I don't think that's necessarily a, a must. Okay, this is going to be a, a small sell for me, but okay. not not like a big sell. A short sell, if you will. A short sell, yeah, in, in a way. Listen, I, I think Arizona should be in the Big 12. I, I know the whole thing about TV markets, and we'll talk to Canzano about that. I just feel like the Pac-10 is a dead conference. I really do. There's no interest. I mean, let's be honest. Is there anybody in the in this conference that you are that you would buy tickets outside of UCLA and USC to see at Arizona Stadium? Is there any team that you're like, I have to go see so and so in in the Pac in the Pac-12? Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, Who? I mean, for, first of all, the the, the rival. You know, okay, outside of ASU, I'm sorry. Outside, outside of ASU, outside ASU uh, yeah. I I'd put Oregon up there as well. You know, and, and Arizona had it's a big upset so Oregon and played some great games against. True. So, okay, fine. Yeah. So, them, no, the, the two of their three most natural rivals yeah. geographically are gone. No, there's no disputing that at all. But I kind of feel like Eric right now the Pac-12 and Big Big 12 are maybe in a sort of a war of, of, of attrition. They both they're both bleeding uh, top programs uh, with Texas and Oklahoma about to head to the to the SEC. Uh, so who's going to outlast the other, and who's going to say you come to us? No, you come to us. Who's going to win? Well, you're right. Battle? No, you're right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. Um, I, which I, I just this is kind of an impromptu one. Which oh. matchup would excite you more if I told you the opponent was coming to Arizona Stadium on a given year? Oregon State or Baylor? Oh, uh, Baylor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, high scoring uh, game and nothing else, right? Okay. Uh, how about Washington or Oklahoma State? Ooh. Well, we've had we've had both schools there. We uh, we have. And victories over both. Um, which was exciting. Like, year. I, I, as of, at this moment, I'd say OK State. You know, okay I would State, say Washington. So. I'd say Washington. For okay. Me. Okay. And I'll, I'll do I'll do one more. Actually. All right. Uh, Houston or Washington State. Mm. Both Cougars. Which Cougars? Well, Houston visited as well recently, and that was a game we don't want to talk about. No. Uh, I go Washington State. I think that would excite me a little. Uh, Washington State doesn't excite me. I'm sorry, okay. but they don't excite. So I, I'd go Houston. My point okay. is, in terms of like, you know, fan support or like trying to sell tickets. I know the Big Twelve doesn't have very many names left, but I feel like there are more intriguing teams. Like Cal doesn't do anything outside of that Hill Mary game. I can't tell you anything about a Cal Arizona game that I've been to over the last twenty years. I could. Stand I understand your point. Stanford, okay, when they had Christian McCaffrey and Andrew Luck, like it was one thing. But like great game, outst- great game between Stanford and Arizona when Nick Foles and Andrew Luck were both outstanding. It was one of the best, one of the better U of A games I've been to, probably in the top 10 if I went back and looked at out of the 130, 140 I've been to. My point is this: I feel like there are more intriguing matchups 
that I would look forward to seeing these teams year after year come to Arizona Stadium with Big 12 teams and Pac-10 teams. If, Texas, if Texas and OU were still part of the conference, oh, yeah, I would agree with you. But since they're not, eh. Okay, so that was my short sell. Number two and buy or sell. The Big 12 offers better financial opportunities for Arizona long-term than what's left of this PAC conference. Oh, that might be a little above my pay grade other than what we've, we've learned so far is that the ACC, which you're know, talking about a partnership, not a merger, but a partnership with the ACC. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, obviously TV contracts uh, could, could be better for, for Arizona and the PAC 12 than, um, than it could a merger with a big 12 could be because the big 12 has about half the eyeballs that ACC schools do collectively. Right. So okay. no, I, I don't think so. I, I think that, and I, I've learned, I'll tell you, Eric, I've learned a lot, like a lot of people have over these last couple of weeks, you know, just assuming, oh, you know, merge with the Big 12, it's a no brainer. Well, you lose Texas, you lose OU. What do you got left in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of, in terms of great loyal viewers? And then you have, you have some Big 12 teams that just aren't that good on top of it. So it, it doesn't excite me as much. I think a partnership, and again, if you go back to that, that war of attrition between the two conferences, if it might turn out that way. I think maybe a, a merger, a real merger, not a handshake deal uh, with the ACC where you play, you know, you have scheduled non-conference games against them every year as part of a TV package could do more to lure the big 12 teams you actually maybe want to the Pac-12 than the other way around. All right. But I, I'm saying for now, we'll talk to John about the ACC, but let's leave that out of it. I'm just talking about yeah. actual Pac-12 as it, or Pac-10 as it stands versus whatever's left, whatever's in the big 12 and however many teams they have at this point. Which offers Arizona in their major revenue sports uh, better financial opportunities? And I just, I mean, look at basketball. There's, there's no intrigue in, in the Pacific whatever conference outside of Arizona, Oregon anymore. There's, a, there's no other team that I'm like, oh, my God, oh, I got to see. Yeah. Arizona uh, that, and Stanford. And you know that, that's oh, my God. Arizona Stanford used to be a, I mean, and Lou Dolson, Mike Montgomery era was, was must see. Sure. Too. But yeah, yeah but you, I, I, and, but I agree with you on, on, on the men's basketball front, Eric. Uh, you know, I, I feel like in men's basketball, UCLA is, is Arizona's biggest rival. You know, in football, right. it's the issue. And USC is, my, and you know, he yeah. isn't far behind either. I mean, yeah. those, those were big games. You know, the last time they played both in Tucson, great games, big game atmosphere to both of them. So, yeah, you can't replace that. So, again, I, I concede your point, but I, I feel like – it seems more likely now than it did originally when, when USC and UCLA announced they were leaving that the big, you might see some big 12 schools eventually join the PAC 12 and the PAC 12 folding and, and being absorbed by other conferences. Probably right about that. will be interesting to see how that, how that uh, shakes out. But one thing that nobody has really talked about Shane that I want to bring up here and buy or sell number three, generally earlier game times it, being, if Arizona was in another conference would be a positive, for Arizona going forward, instead of the 7.30, 8.30 kickoff, you could get five o'clock games because of a Big 12 window. Would you buy or sell that? Oh, I'd buy it in terms of eyeballs on, on, on the games. Absolutely. You know, when, when you've got a game that starts at 11 p.m. Eastern time, you know, even hardcore fans are conking out at midnight, 1 a.m. Sure. like, oh, I got to, you know, I, I got to get to bed. My kids are getting up early. I got to go to church the next day, whatever. Uh, so so yeah, absolutely. Earlier times are great. I think the problem is if you're talking about home games for Arizona, at least the first half of the schedule, there's a good chance it's going to be hundred degrees during the day. So it's tougher to schedule those, those earlier games. Now, even five or 6 PM would be something, 
you know, it, it would be so you know, it's darker out and it's hopefully cooler by the time the game ends. The sun's gone down by then. But so I think earlier in the season, I'm, we're just talking realistically. I think, you know, at Arizona Stadium, a 5 or 6 p.m. start would be more realistic. You don't have to worry about people, you know, coming, you know, leaving work because it's a weekend. Right. Um, but, you know, a, a matinee game, I think you're more likely to see those as road games for Arizona. But even that, I think, would be a win because in terms of TV, you're getting you're getting more eyeballs on the game. Well, let's be honest. For ASU and Arizona in September, barring a dramatic matchup, they're going to be kicking off at 7.30 or at 7 or later. I think this year, Arizona's first two non-conference home games are at 7.30, I believe, against Mississippi State and North Dakota State. But I'm saying October, November. Sure. There there is no reason for Arizona to be be getting in that late ESPN window, which is 8 or 8.30 Arizona time. You know, you look at that for for us, Shane, who are, you know, thereabouts two hours away. You know, you go down for a game that late. Game doesn't end. Let's say you stay till the end. Game doesn't end till 1130 at, yeah. at the earliest, probably midnight. And I'm not getting home in my in my house till 2 a.m. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. If you start at five o'clock and you have an earlier television window, you know, it's not bad at that's, all. You're home yeah. by 1030, 11 o'clock. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get, once you get to about half the halfway point of the schedule, which is what, like mid-October, then you can absolutely justify uh, those earlier starts. I mean, you, you still risk the chance of getting, you know, hundred degrees, but you know, you can only but, do what you can do. But this is why if, uh, if the money is equal and I'm, and I'm Arizona's athletic department, I'm like, I forget the TV market. If the money, if the big 12 says we can net you 40 million in television revenue every year, PAC 12, we can get you 40 million or PAC 10. I'm going where I can get the earlier TV starts and the better windows. The fact that people, you know, Big Big 12 has what, Monday nights on ESPN. The Pac-12 has a stupid Thursday, Saturday garbage with some Wednesdays and Sundays. How do you really feel about the Thursday? I I mean, Arizona playing Kansas on a Monday night. Okay, maybe you and I wouldn't go in Tucson, but it still would be amazing to watch. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. So, but so I just want to be clear. You think that Arizona, like if they had the opportunity to go to the Big 12 right now, you think they should just do it and be done with it? For the most part, yeah. I mean, okay. maybe I overphrased despite, it. Despite must- what our, our, our guy Corey said last week, you still. Arizona's not going to the SEC. No, I'm sorry. I, no, I agree. They're not. And Arizona's not going to the Big 10. And Corey admitted that, that was the pie in the sky. Sure. I, I just don't see those ever as feasible. I think at this no. point, Arizona needs to focus its efforts on the, on Texas and the, the heartland for its recruiting and not Southern California as much anymore. I know Jed Fish probably wouldn't like to hear that but without the, the Southern Cal schools. The Big Ten are going to go into those. In They now have the in to the L.A. area that they didn't before. Well, you know what, though, if Arizona keeps recruiting the way they have you know, with, you know, with following a one win season, they might still be able to compete with some of those schools. And you, you, yeah. you throw in, you know, a four or five win season, you figure if they can recruit that well after one win, imagine what they can do if they, if they go 500. Okay. Fair. But the, the problem is Arizona is not playing a game there every year or every five years, at yeah. least right now. And that's, that's where they have a distinct advantage that every year they're playing a game in Southern California. They yeah. can tell those recruits come out and watch our game against USC or this year UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And that could Can't be an advantage anymore. if, I mean, not maybe uh, you know conference wide, but an advantage for Arizona if they happen to add a school like San Diego state. Uh, yeah, but it's not the same as LA, but no, yeah, I, I mean, true. That's not I mean, that far. but you look at you look at if you add the Big Twelve, you go play in Dallas with uh, you know TCU, uh, you go play in Houston mm-hmm. with University of Houston. I mean, those are you know TCU's in Fort Worth, or yeah, it's a TCU uh, SMU if they ever expand. Um, 
is, you know, obviously you go to Central Florida, you know, in Orlando, uh, if you play them. I mean, that's just an, another recruiting base. Florida is one of the most high school talented states in the country sure. in terms of football. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, number four and buy or sell. Arizona should schedule uh, UCLA and USC yearly in basketball and at least every few years in football by yourself. Oh, if they can absolutely buy it. Yeah. I would love to see that happen, especially in the basketball side, because like I said last week, the atmosphere for every Arizona UCLA game at McHale is off the charts. doesn't matter what the records are. It just has that special feel to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it realistically, it could be one of those things, you know, like when, you, you move away as a kid and you, and you say, tell your friends, oh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. We'll come see you. And then you lose touch and it doesn't. So I kind of feel like that's probably what's going to happen. And that UCLA and USC, they they might maybe they schedule a game every so often. But if they can they can make it happen like a home and home every year, basically every other year, would love to see that happen. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's an I, I think in basketball. I think in basketball it needs to happen. Yes. I think in football, I'm going to be sad because I've really. You know, I look back at the USC games. I know I've probably only seen Arizona beat USC in person once. I think 2012 with the Matt Scott. Was that the Matt Scott throw up game? Yeah. Yeah. Where Marquise Lee had 330 yards receiving for uh, USC. I mean, that was great. UCLA. I mean, there's been some fun matchups. I I think back to uh, 2005, Willie Tuitama was a freshman and uh, UCLA was in the top 10 and Arizona beat him like 52 to 14 or something like that. Like that's one that stands out to me. Well, heck, the last home game that you were at that they won, I was there with you. you. Yeah, UCLA and the the missed field goal at the end. So it's just going to be weird that this is probably the last this year in 2022. It's the last USC at Arizona home game I may ever witness. I mean, think about it. You think Arizona is going to beat them? No, uh, probably not. But we'll we'll get there. But I mean, think about that. Like this could be the last game of our lives. You don't know when USC is going to play here in Tucson again. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, the very, you know, look at it this way, Eric, you don't have to hear that band play whatever they play every time USC gets a first. I now. love the song girls, Shane. I well, love That's fine. One of the great traditions and one of the great traditions in college football. Uh, okay. Bonus question. Last week when we started the show, uh, the, the news about Kylan Boswell reclassifying to Arizona just broke and we, we touched on it a little bit. Yep. So buy or sell with Kylan Boswell and his potential Arizona is now firmly a preseason top 15 team in your mind. Ooh, I thought you were going to say top 25, and I was ready to say bye. I'm going to sell top 15. I think firmly in the top 25 to start the season, yes. I mean, we don't know how they're going to do going into the uh, as the season progresses, but preseason, top 25, yes. But they, gosh, Eric, they lost so much talent. I mean, those three guys, the starters and Justin Kyer on top of that, you know, maybe the guys they're bringing in will do an adequate job replacing them. But um, no, I, I'm going to guess they're going to be ranked just outside the top 15 to start here. I'm guessing maybe around 20 or so. So no, not a lock for top 15. All right. A lock, maybe not, but I'm going to buy it because I'll tell you this, Shane. I believe that now with Kylan Boswell, Arizona is one of the 15 most talented teams in the country, and you can't convince me otherwise. Oh, On paper, I, I talent-wise. Yeah, I, I, I think it depends. Well, obviously it depends on how the newcomers do. It also depends on how – then you know some of the guys from last year step up in particular again Pella Larson and Nadama Ball those two guys take the next step you know and Nadama Ball we honestly we don't know how good he is because we haven't seen much of him Pell Larson needs to become a, a an all Pac-12 caliber player um you know Tubelas I think will be fine despite his tournament performance but 
Yeah, top 15 is, is a bridge too far for me at this point. All right, I'm going to throw another bonus just prediction out there just because, you know, I like to do this. Sure. I'm not, bu- I'm not buying any Final Four tickets yet. Good. But Arizona, if all goes well, Arizona will be in the preseason top five going into 2023-24. I can see that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call that right now. So, you know, I mean, we'll discuss Final Four tickets in about a year, year and a half from now. We can go from there. Don't you uh, dare buy them. I'm not doing anything yet. At least no. I don't have to worry about a hotel because we both we both That's live out true. here in the series. All right, coming up next, John Canzano uh, out of Oregon. He knows all of the, uh, the happenings, or so he says, uh, all of the happenings in the uh, Pac-12 world. Let us uh, explain, let us have him explain those to us here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Bro, right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact: when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody when we were trained together, people thought I was I was the other Gronk brother. So it was kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code Wildcat Country at iShaker.com. Shane, we're very pleased to be joined by somebody who's pretty much the number one guy on the West Coast in the know about the Pac-12 and whether it will stay or fall apart, and that is John Canzano. Uh, you can find him uh, at johnconzano.com. You can also find him uh, on radio in Oregon and across the Pacific Northwest. So, John, we are really glad to have you on with Shane and I here on Wildcat Country. My first question is, just from an Arizona perspective, why would you stay with the Pac-12 right now and not immediately jump to the Big 12? Uh, the quick answer on that is that you are still uh, benefiting from a media rights package in the next two years that you would be forfeiting if you jumped immediately. You know, uh, if you're going to leave or you know announce in the case of UCLA and USC that you're leaving, you would want to push that date out to 2024 when that current deal expires. So you got a real problem if you're if you're wanting to leave. You're in the room now with 10 other presidents and chancellors who are going, hey, we're negotiating as a collective. Are you in this or not? Make your decision now. I think, you know, that's the quick and easy answer about why you don't bolt right now. It's why Oregon isn't bolting. It's why Washington isn't bolting. They know that there's $30 million a year in the next two years that they're going to benefit from. Uh, I also think that there's a potential here with ESPN coming into the fold, and it looks like ESPN is the number one bidder here in this exclusive negotiating period, that like there's a potential here that ESPN uh, is super motivated to make this work. Uh, They've got a problem in the ACC that the Pac-12 can benefit from. Uh, We all know that Clemson and Miami and Florida State are super restless. They 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 are not in love with that media rights deal that they have runs through 2036, And what I think ESPN is trying to do is ESPN is going, look, we've got a problem with the ACC. We'd like to get them more money. We can't tear up that deal because we don't want to set those universities free because the SEC and the Big Ten would jump all over Clemson and Miami in particular. So I think what ESPN is going to try to do here is loosely partner the Pac-12 and the ACC and create additional revenue for the ACC members by creating um, some really interesting and creative uh, you know, inventory that they can they, they can foster out of nothing, really. And and if you're Arizona, I would want to stick around and see that come to fruition because, you know, you've got really about 25 days left in this 30 day negotiating period. And, and I am told that the Pac-12 universities to this point are galvanized the remaining 10. 
they are galvanized in, in at least positioning themselves as a 10 member uh, voting block. And I think if you're Arizona and you're Oregon and Washington, I think you all want to stick around and see if ESPN can glue this thing together. Because if they can, it's a way better option than anybody bolting to the Big 12, where it's really just a big question mark. Yeah, John, th- like Eric said, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I was actually born in Portland, love the Pacific Northwest. Uh, love, hopefully get, uh, have a chance to get back up there soon. Uh, piggybacking off of that, um, it, you know, we talked. We had another guest on last week who's in the know as well and talked about, you know, there may be been a foregone conclusion that Arizona and ASU and the mountain schools were going to join the big 12, but revenue wise, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot more households watch the ACC and it just, there's not a lot to benefit there. Is that an accurate assessment and why they're more, they're looking more toward the ACC, like that, that partnership at this point? Yeah. The big 12, if you look at the television footprint of the big 12, and let's talk about 2024 being the year that we're evaluating, the big 12 is only going to have about 15 million households that it can reach. It's going to be big in Dallas, Fort Worth. It's going to be big in in Houston. And this entire thing is all about ESPN and Fox, right? It's all about these two networks. So television households, it matters more than brand. It matters more than ratings. It matters more than who's getting sellouts. It's potential households that they can sell to sponsors. It's why Rutgers is uh, part of the Big Ten. It's why Syracuse is part of the ACC. They want that New York market. So if you are in the Pac-12, the right move, if you're going to leave, is to look at the ACC, where there are 28 million households. Think about that, 28 million potential households against 15 million in the Big 12. It's not even close. The TV markets in the ACC are just vastly superior, and that includes New York because of Syracuse. It includes Miami. Uh, It's just a better deal. It's more exposure. It's more valuable to ESPN. And that's why I think that the Big 12 is a bigger threat to implode than the Pac-12, because I think, you know, what ESPN needs to marry that to is the Pacific time zone. ESPN just doesn't have a presence there without the remaining Pac-12 members, unless they're going to turn to the Mountain West or something. But I just don't see that as the easy solution. So I think ESPN is going to copy what Fox did. Fox is going coast to coast uh, by bringing in UCLA and USC. And I think ESPN will look at grabbing the Pac-12 and what's left of it and sort of uh, marrying that to the ACC. And then it might take a look at the Big 12 and go, okay, what do we want from there? And again, it comes back to Dallas-Fort Worth. It comes back to Houston. So I'm talking about Baylor. I'm talking about Houston. I'm talking potentially about SMU. Uh, and if you want to look at basketball, maybe Kansas is interesting to you from a, from a standpoint because you already have Duke and Carolina as part of the ACC, remember? And imagine a, some crossover tournaments with Duke, Carolina, Arizona, Oregon, and Kansas. I mean, this is, uh, you know, let's not also forget Phil Knight, the Phil Knight Invitational. It's an ESPN production. Phil Knight is, uh, you know, it's not like he's running Nike anymore or running ESPN, but that sure doesn't hurt if you're the Pac-12. So put yourself in Dave Hickey's shoes. Uh, Say, ideally, maybe three to five years down the road, where would you want to see the University of Arizona? Like this partnership with the ACC, maybe adding some, have, have added some big 12 schools by then. What would be the most ideal yet realistic scenario? You need the most money possible. So, you know, UCLA, they jumped to the big 10, not because they ignored geography. They ignored history and tradition. They chased that, that 70 to $80 million annual payday that they're going to get. So if you're Hiki, you have to be thinking about where is the maximum revenue? Now, I'm told that the Pac-12's media rights deal when UCLA and USC were part of the conference 
was going to come out to about 500 million a year. That is $41.6 million per university if you divide it up among the 12. Now with those two gone, I'm told it's gonna to fall somewhere around 300 million, but there's only 10 of them. So it's about 30 million. Think about that. You're getting $30 million annually if you're Dave Hickey to run your athletic department. UCLA and USC are gonna get 70 to 80 million. Over uh, the long term, they're gonna kill you. So I, I think what is interesting about this deal is I think there's the potential with the ACC being part of it that, that ESPN could pay the Pac-12 members, the 10 remaining members, a number that sort of creeps towards that $500 million figure. And they may come out of this somewhere between 40 or 50 million a year, which I think they would, given how, my, how fearful they were a couple of weeks ago, I think that would be a huge get for, for the conference. And certainly for a university like Arizona, that's got some debt with facilities, needs to pay some coaches, wants to be with the haves in college football and college basketball, especially. So I think if you're Dave Hickey, you're looking for money. And I, right now, I think ESPN is the answer. John, when you mentioned expansion, the teams that you didn't bring up that I think are interesting are San Diego State, UNLV from, you know, somewhat larger markets, you know, Fresno, maybe Boise State obviously has that football tradition. What do you see the odds eventually of the Pac-12 expanding with some of those Mountain West schools? It's got to make sense. The numbers have to make sense or those schools have to be willing to take a huge, uh, you know, be a subsidy or, or take less money to make it work because it just comes back to the households. Let's start with Boise State, 517,000 television households in all of Idaho. It's, it doesn't move the needle. It's a real problem for Boise State because they have a great brand and, and they have knocked off a, a line of Power Five conference opponents. And I feel for those fans, but it, it literally comes down to television households. So I, I'm tentatively crossing them off the list because of that. I think San Diego State is interesting. You have 1.1 million television households in San Diego. You lost 5.7 million in all of Southern California when UCLA and USC went away. So I do think there's a, maybe some incentive to get into Southern California. It makes San Diego State interesting to me. And their market is about the same size as the Oregon Ducks, right? That's 1.1 million in the state of Oregon, 1.1 million in San Diego. That's a really interesting comparison. So. I think there may be a little in play, but maybe on the outside looking in, because again, you're going to have to justify 30 to $50 million in potential revenue, but it may, that one may come down to the PAC 12 saying, Hey, we got to be in Southern California. And, and maybe San Diego state moves to the front of the line because of that. Fresno state's also interesting because their geography puts them equidistant between San Francisco and Los Angeles. And it's a growing population in the Central California Valley. So, you know, I don't know the number of total TV households, but again, if you want to get back into California in a meaningful way, that's not a bad play. I think SMU is interesting for that same reason. They're in Dallas-Fort Worth, about 2.9 million TV households in Dallas-Fort Worth. And, you know, although SMU is this tiny little postage stamp of a university, you're still in Texas still gives you a presence there. But I only expect the Pac-12 to kind of look at those, that, that second wave, let's call it, Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno, and some others. I only expect them to get there if ESPN is telling them, look, let's take on a couple more partners and let's have a bigger swath of California or somewhere else. Uh, because unfortunately, when you cut them in, you're having to divide that pie up, you know, two more ways or four sure. more ways. Yeah. And so you need to justify that. 
Yeah, and that makes that makes complete sense. Now, one kind of random question that you, I guess, can't really do much about in Oregon, us in Arizona, it's a little bit different, is TV times. You stay with the Pac-12 if you're Arizona. You're playing these, these 7.30, 8.30 Pacific time kickoffs, you know, or 8.30 Mountain time, which is 7.30 Pacific, come November, and it's it's terrible. For those of us who drive two hours each way to games, it's awful. If you go to the Big 12, you're kicking off maybe – mid-afternoon around here so there's an advantage to Arizona fans at, at that point what's kind of your take on the, the TV times with ESPN's potential new deal I mean it's a it's a real problem I think even before the pandemic I, w- I did a study on attendance uh, across college football and I found that even the SEC was down even the Big Ten the Big Ten and the SEC both pre-pandemic were struggling Greg Sankey the SEC commissioner told me that it, he thought it was a cultural move Right. It's the same sort of thing that I see here with 730 kickoffs, 7 p.m. kickoffs. Season ticket sales are a little soft and fans are going, look, I can just stay home. I can watch the game on TV. What's the point? I think you're going to run into that uh, no matter what, if you're in the Pac-12 footprint. I do think what I would sell to the Arizona fan base is those non-conference games instead of playing maybe northern Arizona or Idaho or Portland State in a non-conference game. You could see, uh, you know, you could see Georgia Tech, you could see Miami, you could see, uh, you know, you could see Florida State. And I think that is kind of it. That's exciting to people in Oregon. And I think it would move the needle a little bit in Arizona because the, the game here, the end game here is how many teams can you get in the playoff? And it's money. Like how many teams can you get in the playoff? The Big Ten and the SEC would love to have a 12 team playoff and they have six each, you know, and oh, that's just how it worked out. But so what the Pac-12 really needs to be focused on is how do they stay relevant? How do they carve a piece of that playoff out for themselves? And so far, the best option I've heard is sitting tight in the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever you want to call it, play that partnership thing with the ACC. It wouldn't be like the Alliance, Kevin Warren's handshake. We all learned not not great, Um, but it would be glued together with TV contracts. So, you know, you it's not like the ACC after a year is going to go, nah, we're good. I mean, this could be a really interesting dynamic. And for the Arizona basketball fans, come on, like Duke, Kansas, Carolina, if you could put some Kansas into the fold, Oregon, like this is really interesting to me. Yeah. John, what's going to happen to the Pac-12 network? Is it is it is it going to look the same in a couple of years as it is now? Or, or what, what? how does where does that play into all this? The prevailing theory is that the Pac-12 network would become the ACC network and the ACC network is already thriving and that what would happen is they would come up with a new name for it and the content that we all see on the ACC uh, network and the Pac-12 network would be be found in one place. Uh, I do think the presidents and chancellors are going to want a buyout of the network because I think they forever have sold us on the idea that this thing was worth all this money, right? They were spending hand over fist to keep this thing solvent, 70,000 square feet of space in downtown San Francisco. And, you know, they had some really good employees that were putting on really good content, but we couldn't find it anywhere. No one could watch it. You travel to the Pac-12 tournament, you can't even get the games in the hotel. Like, you know, so I think that it would be distributed as uh, the ACC slash Pac-12 network. In in that sense, the Pac-12 network would cease to exist. 
Last question for you, John. Uh, really interesting stuff. We appreciate it again. Um, your overview, overview of the Pac-12 going into the season. The Pac-12 is still together for another couple of years. Arizona, obviously been horrible, to say the least, the last couple of years. Had a great recruiting class come in. How do you see their season going? Just from, from a, a non-Arizona fan's perspective, how do you see them doing this year? I thought they showed some moments last year. I think they really struggled at the quarterback position and there was a, there was a talent deficit that happens when you change over coaches. We've seen it time and again, but I like Jaden Delora to Arizona. Like that is a really interesting storyline. He's a quarterback that won at, at, at a high level at Washington state. And I think he's a really interesting player. And I think, you know, if you're Jed fish, you have to be really happy to have him in your, in your huddle or on your sideline as your potential starter. But I think ultimately what Arizona is looking for is the same thing that Oregon state got sort of in Jonathan Smith's second year. Like you're looking for to play more competitively in games. You're looking to compete. You want to win a game here or there that nobody expects you to win. Uh, I think if, you know, you look at last season, you, you know, can you double, can you triple the number of wins that you won a year ago? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's what you're looking for. It is a rebuild, but it can be done, and it, but it's a substance move. Look at, uh, I thought Jonathan Smith at Oregon State is just a great example for programs that are looking for trajectory. He, they went from non-competitive, you know, couldn't win a game in conference play. Then they, you know, they won one. Then all of a sudden they were more competitive and, and suddenly they were, um, you know, undefeated at home last year, 6-0 and at home and made a bowl game. So uh, it's just those baby steps. And, you know, I think Arizona – in some weird way, uh, I expect them to have sort of, you know, they could be the most improved team in the conference. And, and part of that is they were, they were not good last year, but uh, I, I think they're in that pool of teams that really could take a big step forward. Well, John, as Shane said, thank you so much for joining us. Just one, since I did a uh, kind of a, a brief overview at the beginning, where can people find all of your content? Where can our audience uh, hear you, read you, et cetera? Yeah, I host a radio show in statewide in Oregon. You can grab the podcast of that. But I'm writing every day now at johnconzano.com. That's where I'm writing. Uh, you know, I've worked at five newspapers. I just decided to go off and do my own thing and, uh, you know, be my own boss and, uh, you know, find that joy again. And, and I wake up and excited to write, you know, everything that I'm interested in on that day. And there's so much stuff out there. You guys know this. There's so many people out there that are just throwing crap against the wall they're spitballing, they're guessing, they're yeah. not sourced. And so, you know, I really position it as, look, if you want in-depth sourced information and commentary, that's what I'm about. That's what I'm giving people. And, you know, I'm never, you know, I hear a lot of rumor and stuff, but I'm never printing anything that I don't know that's not sourced. And, and, I, and I'm having fun with that. And I, I really enjoy that, you know, it's cool is, you know, in Arizona and Seattle and Salt Lake City, we're all in this together. I mean, everybody's just hoping that the western part of the united states can matter in college football again sure. yep well john we really appreciate it we'd love to have you on down the road maybe during uh, the football season at some point just to talk about the oregon schools arizona just your perception up there but thank you so much for the intel and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon yeah keep doing what you're doing you guys do great stuff Thanks again to John Canzano for joining Shane and I. Uh, really insightful stuff. And one thing that you and I did not talk about in the first segment, Shane, you might have alluded to it a little bit, was this ACC Pac-12 partnership. I think it's kind of BS, to be honest. Like, I just don't see it happening. Really? Do you really? I really don't think it happened. We've I had think two straight experts on the show saying that that, that that might be where we're headed. It's like almost likely where we're headed. and you, You're not buying it. I'm not buying it yet. Okay. I'm still buying that Arizona jumps to the Big 12. I'm still going to stand 
Uh, you know, until is that more because that's what you want to see happen, or because you really think that's what's going to happen? Well, I think the Pac-12. I, I think this conference is going to get lowballed by ESPN. And yeah. I, I mean, you're what what window? What television windows is is ESPN going to promise the Pac-10 Friday nights at at seven o'clock Pacific and Saturday nights at seven thirty eight o'clock Pacific? Something like that. That's garbage. That's absolute garbage. I'm sorry, but Arizona does, is, doesn't need to geographically go in that direction. Well, so, we're not, but again, we're not talking about them joining the ACC. We're talking about some non-conference games and a mutual, like a, a mutual built-in TV schedule. I think that it could be a situation like where the rising tide lifts all boats. The ACC sort of lifts up the Pac-12. So now I, I, I'm, I'd be good with that scenario if it, if it, if it took place, especially if you could um, get some Big 12 schools and maybe a couple of Mountain West schools eventually, if it made sense. But you know, again, I also thought it was interesting, Eric. You know, I asked uh, John about the um, about Pac-12 network and how that eventually could maybe be absorbed by the ACC network, which honestly I would be all for because because sure. uh, ACC network is on Direct TV, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. and it's on it's on everything. Yeah, I yeah, mean, everything. It's on YouTube TV. It's the reason I have Direct Sling. TV. Is because mm-hmm. it's specifically to watch Pac-12 Network. There are other streaming services I could use. They don't have Pac-12 Network. Oh, the Pac-12 Network's a debacle. Yeah, I mean the fact that you can get it in China and you can't get it on Direct TV. I can't get it on YouTube TV. I mean, it's it's well, a joke. His, his point is that you go to the about going to the Pac-12 tournament, but you you're not able to watch the games in your hotel rooms. It's insane. That that's that's a great point. I mean, obviously you want if you're there to watch your own teams in person, but then you want to go back to your room and watch. And watch the the other games. You can't do it. It's it's ridiculous. What other conferences right. like that? Let, let me throw this at you, Shane. Which intrigues you more? Uh, Arizona, the prospect of Arizona Kansas twice a year, and Arizona Baylor and Arizona Oklahoma State twice a year, or uh, every so often Arizona Duke, Arizona North Carolina. Not guaranteed. Don't know how often. Probably not all that frequent. Well, the way you phrase it, I think you know where you know where you want to go. But that's this. how it would but, be, but, but right? No, I, I understand that. But my my thinking is that you know you, you you do well with the ACC. You have that partnership. Then maybe you try you ultimately attract some Big Twelve schools your way, and then maybe that sets up additional matchups with them. So um, I think longer term, what what John Canzano's talked about, what Corey Leff has talked about, uh, and and let me just note that they're both pretty much saying the same thing. And and so for people questioning that you know Corey doesn't know what AKA John Wall Street doesn't know what he's talking about. It, John Canzano is in the know as well, and he, and, and he echoed pretty much what Corey said. So uh, I get your point, but I also understand that, that going to the Big 12 isn't quite as lucrative a proposition as it might seem on the face of things. The matchups sound great, but if the money's not there, it's not going to matter. Now, I believe, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong, the Big 12 has its own in-season college basketball showcase with the SEC. So you could technically get Arizona, Kentucky, Arizona, Florida, another Arizona, Tennessee, Arizona, Arkansas. I mean, you get you're guaranteed to get one SEC matchup a year. You know, to me, I, I just think if I was Arizona and ASU, I'd be I'd be out of this pack conference so fast. I, I, I mean, without knowing unless ESPN, I guess we have to wait and see, as John said see what ESPN comes up with as far as a television contract. But if, if everything is relatively equal, you got to get the heck out of this sinking ship and go to somewhere, which obviously has a, a much better television footprint than you're ever going to get in this weekend pack conference. 
Well, again, the Big 12 has half the viewership that the ACC does. And I know we're not talking about them joining the ACC versus joining the Big 12, but I, I think, well, put it this way. I, I think we actually had a real debate about this, and I feel like our, our listeners and viewers can kind of see where the lines are drawn. You want to see Arizona just go to the Pac-12, or the Big 12, rather, and be done with it. And I'm more on the lines of, I kind of like what, what we've heard about the possible partnership uh, with the ACC, even though you're skeptical that's going to happen, yes. you're skeptical that it's going to work. Yes. Uh, so I, I think those are the dividing lines. Maybe we replay this in a couple of years and go back and see what happens. But uh, I, I think it's interesting that the rest of the Pac-10 schools are, are as John Canzano put it, galvanized together to make things work. In you know, a couple of weeks ago, when we heard oh, Oregon's already talking to the Big Ten and and the Mountain West or the Mountain Schools in ASU and Arizona are in talks with the Big 12, which we learned is it, they're not nearly as significant talks, or at least not in person. Um, it, it's a different landscape to me than it was a couple of weeks ago. And what I'm hearing about the a, an actual partnership, as opposed to just a, that handshake deal that John talked about, uh, is intriguing to me. And if it, if it works, it's a gamble. But if it works, I think it would be a, a, a pretty decent long-term solution. In okay, okay, fair. I, and I, I understand that. I, I just... I, I, for me, I have a hard time seeing the ACC signing off on that, uh, really. The other thing I want to bring up, last point. So Arizona's last two opponents this year in the NCAA tournament for the men were TCU and Houston. Now, if Arizona, if I were to tell you Arizona were going to play those teams yearly, how much, and I know these are fairly recent rivalries, wouldn't you say that of the existing 10 teams outside of Oregon, there's probably no other, and, and ASU for rivalry reasons, but that would probably stay together. There's no other Pac-10 team that would excite me to watch Arizona play compared to those two Texas schools. You see what I mean there? Yeah, I, well, I think Houston has a little more longevity than TCU does. I mean, TCU, we remember them for the great overtime game that was played in the tournament. Yeah, but still, but- their fans are, you know, bitter mm. and all, you know, they're the... Yeah. Well, Why? that's short. I mean, that that's short lived though. I, that that'll go. Houston though is interesting. I remember for a long time, Arizona would actually during their conference schedule schedule a game against Houston. Do you remember that? For a lot of years, they, they had one yes. on conference, and there was one game in particular. I think it was was it oh eight oh nine when Chase Buttinger and, and, and got those stuck guys on were his there. face. Yeah, yeah, they were down ten with like a minute left. Arizona was, and mm-hmm. they came back and won. And like half the, the arena was empty at McHale because they thought it was over. You know, all the old folks were going and went home already, but they came back and they won that game. So there's actually sort of a built-in rivalry there, even though it hasn't uh, been, hasn't been a game for what, plus they obviously just played in the NCAA tournament. So I, that one, sure. TCU. Yeah. I take it or leave it. I know the TCU fans are very excited and want to play Arizona badly because they are very bitter about how things went down. Kirk Kreese is taunting, for example, uh, in the NCAA tournament. I'm just going to stump this and maybe I reserve the right to definitely change my opinion. Uh, going forward, but I am very pro as of now, Arizona to the big 12. I know you are uh, more sensible than I am. And in a wait Sometimes. and see, yes, in this case, in a wait and see mode. So we want to thank John Canzano for uh, all of the intel that he shared with us. Uh, certainly a debate that you and I will have uh, going forward. And who knows what will happen in the next week that we can talk about. Uh, I think the basketball team is probably done. The football team's a few weeks away from camp starting. But where will Arizona end up as far as a as a conference and what will the ESPN deal that they come back to the conference with look like Uh, many things to discuss in the coming weeks on Wildcat Country. So for Shane Dale, I am Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down.